What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to the Ultimate Breakdown. Let's get started on Saturday. So, Wisconsin beat Michigan 42-11. It was never really much of a contest. And I think the story with Jim Harbaugh, you know, obviously it's only growing. I, I feel that there's only one thing he can do right now to save his season, to save possibly his place at Michigan, which is beating Ohio State. Um, but when you look at this game, if we're just breaking down the game, I mean, he only had 47 rush yards. And, and I mean, Michigan only had 47 rush yards, and that can't happen if you want to win a game, um, especially against Wisconsin. They got a great defense. The quarterback's playing well. They play really complimentary football. And uh, I think Michigan's going to have a decision to make. But, uh, James, we'll start off with you. Uh, what do you take from this game? Well, um, it's not really from the game. Obviously, they got a whooping put on by Wisconsin. More so for me, it's seeing that Michigan is one of the worst teams in their entire conference. And seeing how Indiana, you know, a four and zero Northwestern also um, has a good record. I think they're four and zero. And you know, if you look at it, Purdue's better than them. Iowa's better than them. And so it's looking at seeing that, you know, where is Michigan now? And is this crisis mode? You know, they're paying him seven million dollars a year. Um, a lot, I think, over twenty people, employees from the Michigan staff had to take cuts, budget cuts, in the the, um, the athletic department. So you're paying him that much. You got to take budget cuts. Everything is going on. So you want wins. You want to show why he's important. And the fact that he is losing, you know, you kind of have to just, you know, realize that you have to, um, you have to give it, you know, go to a different direction. So I think this is going to be hit for him. This is last season. The fact that the other teams in the conferences are starting to make a push and be better than them. Michigan, they're not going to go for that. And they're, they're, they, they are better than that. The program is so, I don't know who you go to. Maybe go to another Power Five school. Try to grab a, a good coach there. Um, but yeah, I think this is it. I don't think he, I don't think even a, with them being Ohio State can save the season because the offense, defense, everybody looked flat. They don't they don't even look like you know their players aren't being developed. And so other than that, I mean, it's yeah, I don't think it's not good. It's, it's not looking pretty good for him. What about you, Hugh? Well, I think James, you nailed a lot of things. I was. <laughs> Looking at the game within the game, Jim Leonard, the defensator of Wisconsin, played Rex Ryan's defense, who he, which he knows very well, stymieing Michigan's offense like they did. 468 total yards for Wisconsin to 219 for Michigan. 341 yards rushing against Michigan. And Michigan only had 47, which Robert alluded to earlier. 26 first downs to 10. 73 total plays to 45, 40 minutes time of possession to 19. Oh my gosh. You would never think you'd see a Michigan team dominated like that. If it was, you'd be thinking it's against Ohio State in that particular conference. And so Michigan has really fallen down. And so when you look at this, there's going to have to be some decisions made. I think this is going to be coaches last year. Uh, but uh, the guy that I would go after right now would be Coach Fickle at UC. I mean, I'm just being very honest and putting it out there because I think he's doing a tremendous job. I think he knows how to build a team, and um, I think he'd be great for that that program. But uh, and I'm not taking anything away from Coach Harbaugh at all. I mean, sometimes it just doesn't go right at the end. You know, mm -hmm. you don't things happen, but at the same time, I mean, they got to get Michigan football back to where it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Do you think that? The way that they're losing, do you think it hurts any chances of him getting a job elsewhere or even going back to the NFL? 
No, I think he is seen as a, um, a very good coach. And like I said, I think sometimes those guys get the benefit of the draw that it just didn't work out, you know, here at the end for several reasons. I, again, from the pandemic, two players opting out to uh, the camaraderie of your team when they start. And I know what you're saying. Everybody will look to way Indiana went through the same things and this team is going through it. But then people will also point and look at Penn State. You know, th there's going to be some things that's going to, uh, make it feel right uh, at the end here. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, Sunday Night Football, New England and Baltimore. New England comes up with the upset. And Baltimore has got a problem. Uh, obviously, right now, they're second in the division. Um, but that's only because they have head-to-head -head versus the Browns. But they have the same record as the Browns. But Baltimore has got a problem. Lamar had one pick. And New England won that game. And they said, we are going to make Lamar Jackson throw the ball. Because they held the Ravens to 115 yards uh, rushing. Uh, and they made their and they made their offense look easy to stop. They after that uh, playoff matchup last year between the Ravens and the Titans, that the Ravens have never looked the same after that game. And part of it is because I'm I have a feeling that people are looking at that game from the Titans use when you stop the rush and you force Lamar Jackson to throw, he'll beat you occasionally. Obviously, every NFL quarterback is going to beat you if you blitz him every single time but he's not going to beat you as much as if he was rushing with the read option. And he really is not an elite pocket passer. Um, he's very, he's barely an average pocket passer. So new England uh, found the recipe to win, keep their season alive. But Baltimore, if they want to go anywhere past, uh, if they want to make a championship weekend, even they are going to have to figure out how to pass the football. Uh, he, what do you take from this game? Well, I, what I took is the strategy of uh, the new England Patriots his coaching staff and their team was perfect versus the Ravens. So their, their coaches prepared their players a little bit better than the Ravens did in this game. I mean, when you look at it, they took a strategy. When have you seen the Patriots throw for only 135 yards? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but they rushed for 173 yards. I mean, that th that's where it was. That's where the game was won. They made a decision that they were going to light up and come downhill. They were going to go right into the teeth of the Baltimore defense, which is supposed to be extremely good. And they handled Baltimore from a physical standpoint. I agree with you. I think teams are figuring out that, boy, in order to slow down Baltimore's offense, don't make, let them run the football. Let's make Lamar throw the football. He, you know, he threw for 249 yards. He had two touchdowns, but he had an interception. He had 11 rushes for 55 yards. Willie Sneed, five catches, 64 yards, and two touchdowns. Who else is catching the ball? Mark Andrews. Between those guys, they had 12 catches, you know, but – you need more playmakers and that's the issue in the passing game. So when teams play you like this, if you can't get explosive plays in the passing game, it's going to be hard for you to win. I don't care if you have 300 yards passing, but if there's no explosive plays that change the game, then you don't win this kind of game. And that's exactly what's happened. So my hat goes off to the Patriots coaching staff and how they devised a game plan to go win this game. And that's what they did. What about you, James? My thing about Lamar Jackson from watching the game is the fact that he doesn't know how to create explosive plays in the passing game. With his legs, he can, but he doesn't. It's, but you know, when you look at it, him throwing a sneed and him facilitating, he was just you know dumping the ball off. But it's, it's like he doesn't know how to move around the pocket to create that big throw or that big play. Um, they look very stagnant on offense. They were playing pretty much the same game as the Patriots, but the Patriots, you know. Were physical, more physical than them. But when you notice the big elite quarterbacks, you know, Kyler Murray, 
uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Tom Brady, they know how to make those throws where it makes into big plays and turns to big plays. And so it's highlighting that he doesn't really understand or he just the offensive game plan or the way that they're throwing the ball doesn't create those big plays that he were talking about. And that, that is what showed from that game. I mean, I was the whole time I was watching, I was like, when are they going to make the big throw? Where's the big play? Because the Patriots can't do that. And we know that we don't even expect the Patriots to do that because they don't have anybody to do that. They literally, the Patriots have to start doing like trick plays where their wide receiver quarterback who was formerly a quarterback but turned to a wide receiver, you know, has to throw to, you know, those kind of plays. That's the only way the Patriots can have big plays. But the, the Ravens, I'm thinking, you know, you guys are supposed to be a Super Bowl contending team. You guys, I, I see no threat, no threat of the big play. So until they figure that out, honestly, like they're going down – to me, on one of the top teams in the league because they're easy to beat with, with that aspect. So, uh, other than that, I don't really even see the Ravens going far even in the playoffs because I think teams have figured them out, like you said, uh, Robert. So, I mean, they need to really figure out what they need to do to try to create these big plays. Uh, so, Arizona and Buffalo play now, obviously. Um, look, sometimes if you're the Bills, you do a lot of stuff right, especially in the end. And a lot, and so this is happens in football at times, and you just end up losing because of Hail Marys. I remember Hugh, you mentioned that that's just football, and that's really what this game came down to. The, the Bills defense played great in the red zone. Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, they, they didn't have an, a shutout game, obviously. Kyler Murray had 245 yards, and Kyler Murray played great. Josh Allen played great. This was just a good football game, uh, that ended with a ridiculous play. But, uh, for me, that was what was really impressive for me was Arizona beat a Bills team. Uh, that was seven and two. I mean, this was no team to, to laugh at. And uh, and they really and they beat them and they really outplayed them until uh, the Bills had that what we all thought was going to be the game winning drive. And then obviously the Cardinals uh, through the Hail Mary. But up until that point, they played great. And it just shows you what I believe both of these teams are capable of. I believe both of these teams can potentially make a deep run in the playoffs, knock off some top teams in their conference. Uh but I'll start off uh, with you, Hugh. Um, what was your reaction to this game? Well, what a game. You said it. I mean, I thought uh, it was a close game. Special players made special plays at the end to win it. Um, you're talking about a Cardinals team that's now 6-3. and three. I don't know when the last time the Cardinals have been 6-3. and three. And the Bills were 7-3, and three, even though they're on their bye. A hard loss. They got to overcome that. But when you look at this, you know, Kyler Murray was 22 of 32. You said it, 245, a touchdown interception, a kind of a kind of fluke inter interception off of uh, Fitzgerald. Um, he had 11 rushes for 61 yards, two touchdowns. You know, and you look at Kenyon Drake, 16 carries for 100 yards. They're doing some special things on offense. I mean, they rushed for 217 yards. And uh, Buffalo only rushed for 73 yards. And so they're able to offset you know, if they're not throwing for 300, 400 yards because they're able to use these this quarterback's legs and create big plays in the running game. So again, they had a big day offensively. Um, you look at Buffalo, Josh Allen, 32 of 49, 284, two touchdowns, but he had two costly interceptions. Mm -hmm. Beasley, 11 catches, 109, a touchdown. Diggs, 10 catches, 93, and a touchdown. A huge touchdown at the end that he thought won the game. I mean, they're celebrating saying, man, that's why they brought you here. I'm the best receiver in the league. Here we go. And D hop makes a play that everybody is still amazed at, you know, but the quarterback was good enough to escape pressure to get this ball up. And there's three bills around Hopkins and he makes this play. 
the people that should be crying is the people in Houston. <laughs> if I'm if I'm my man Deshaun Watson, I'm crying because that's the guy he's missing today. Yeah. You know, but well, what a game. I thought it was just a great NFL game. I really enjoyed watching it because you're talking about the best of the best, game going back and forth. Um, it was really a good game. But I think now it opens the door in that division where Buffalo, the Dolphins, the Patriots, man, look out. It's going to be a, a close nail biter here at the end because the Dolphins yeah. are playing. You know, here comes the Patriots. It's going to get really interesting here. But boy, what a game. Uh, what about you, James? Well, from the Cardinals, ever since the Cowboys game, I've been noticing that they're really balanced on offense. Kenyon Drake, you know, 100 yards rushing. Chase Edmonds, uh, he had seven yards to carry. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray obviously can do incredible things with, with his running legs, but they're very balanced on offense. Hop, Hopkins, we know he's going to go off. And even if he doesn't, they they know how to facilitate the ball and know what to do to get their offense going. I have really yet to see them stall, and they actually could have a better record than this. You know, they've had a lot of close games. The Cardinals are really becoming a very balanced offense. They have a really good defense. You know, um, um, Baker, their secondary, they're really good. Uh, Patrick Peterson, really good secondary. So, interesting to see how the Cardinals are going to keep developing as the season's going on. After playing the Seahawks, you know, at first we thought it was a fluke win or, you know, but I realized, like, they're better than the Seahawks. You know, the uh, Seahawks have a good record, but they're better than the Seahawks. Their defense is a lot better. And so the Cardinals might be one of the, uh, one of the, you know, the top NFC teams if they just keep developing and keep staying, you know, with their core of how they play. Uh, the Bills with Josh Allen, I mean, he's he, right now, if I had to choose an MVP, he's an MVP for me uh, midway through because, I mean, he's playing great football. Um, even through the highs and lows of everything, you know, he's just trying to learn how to be consistent. If he could keep those turnovers down, I think, you know, him and Diggs are – I mean, they. this is a match made. This is what Diggs really needed for his career. Um, I, I hate it you know, he had to leave the Vikings. But this is the best because, I mean, this is the best, ma- um, like, little marriage they have. Kind of like when Manning and Marvin Harrison, like, they kind of just – they fit well together. I know it's their first season, but they fit so well together. But, you know, the Cardinals are really surprising me. I really like them a lot. Um, it's interesting to see how they develop and how they, they go from this. Who would y'all pick um, if you had to take a quarterback, Kyler Murray or uh, Josh Allen? Yeah, take Kyler Murray. He is special. He just has something that allows – he puts so much pressure on the defense in so many different ways. This guy was responsible for three touchdowns, two of them rushing, one of them passing. I mean, and he goes into the end zone untouched, and he has that kind of quickness. And you don't feel like he's going to get hurt because I think they, they taught this guy how to get down and get out the way. So I think it's it's going to be interesting. Well, from from him playing baseball, I think that's why he knows how to slide and Absolutely. how to protect, how to protect yeah. himself. Yeah, my concern about the Cardinals, they're secondary though. I'm just being very honest. I mean, to watch did make that big catch. Uh, I know Drake Kirkpatrick had a big interception. So did Patrick Peterson. But people can get open against him. That's where they got to you know, really locked down a little bit more because teams are going to, you know, have to throw the ball against them. It's going to be a great matchup this Thursday between them and the Seahawks. Man, I'm looking forward to that one. So speaking of that matchup, uh, Hugh, I'll start off with who are you picking in that game? I'm going to pick the Cardinals, and i tell you why, because I think they are they're, they have the double uh, – I think they can run it and throw it and everything they can to keep Seattle off balance. I think Seattle is struggling on defense. I mean, people are 
opinion for the defense coordinator to be fired. I think Russell Wilson, for whatever reason, over the last three weeks, has turned the ball over more so than ever before. And uh, they got to find themselves right now. They're reeling a little bit. So it's going to be, I, I think the Cardinals are, are ready to, to take claim over the Seahawks this week. What well, Russell Wilson, well, Russell Wilson, he's having to do it all by himself. I think that's why he's turning the ball over. I mean, he knows mm-hmm. his, def- his defense is really letting him down. I mean, against the Bills, you know, I mean, the Bills didn't even run the ball. They just threw the ball the entire time, and they lost that game. So uh, they've been looking very – defense has been looking very weak, you know. And so I think he's having to do more, whereas in the beginning of the weeks, they were holding him off, you know. I think the first, what, seven games of the season, they were the worst team in the NFL. They give up a lot of yards. They weren't giving up a lot of points on defense, but they were giving up like 500 yards a game. And I yeah. think it's starting to catch up because now they're starting to play those teams that, like the Bills, when they play them – Oh, going to give us all these yards. We're going to also score, too. So, you know, I think Russell Wilson has a lot of pressure on him. And it's, and it's showing, and that's why they're starting to slide and starting to lose some of these games against good teams with balance who can stop them. So I'm going to go with the Car- I'm gonna go with the Cardinals on this one. Um, I just believe in them. And I think I also think the Cardinals want to win this game because if they can do a season sweep on the Seahawks, it'll kind of establish, you know, because, Hugh, you're a coach. Sometimes you got to establish your dominance over teams and let, you know, the team know that we don't lose to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's right. Absolutely. You know, especially when they're in your conference, you know, you don't want to split. You want to like, Hey, we, we know we beat this team. This is, you know, and so now you start establishing that culture of like, Oh, we got the Seahawks on the schedule. No, we don't lose this game. You know, cause that's kind of how we did Mississippi state. We would try to, you know, Kentucky, we don't lose this game. You don't right. even think, don't even think about it, you know? So yeah, I'm gonna, I got the card. Game this week, you know, cause somebody's going to have to, Dom, you know, demonstrate just what you're saying, James, the dominance in that division this week. I'm picking Arizona as well. And uh, speaking of that division, you know, I kind of this is this is sort of a, a a big year for the Cardinals. I mean, not saying they couldn't do it other years, but this is a big opportunity for them because not only do they have the talent. But when you look, I mean, this division is always elite. But when you look at the 49ers, uh, they're kind of. They kind of got the injury bug when you, and obviously the Seahawks have a terrible defense this year. So this is a big window this year for Arizona to really win this division. Um, but I'm picking the Cardinals in this game. Uh, so let's go to our top five NFL teams uh, after last week. So uh, for me, number one is the Chiefs. Number two is the Steelers. Um, three, you know, obviously there's reports coming about Drew Brees injury. But as of right now, they're number three. That that could very well change after I see them without Drew Brees. But uh, as of right now, they're number three. And uh, for me, number four, I put – see, I was going to put the Buccaneers and the Packers in my top five, but I watched the Packers, and uh, they just did not look right in that Jacksonville game. Um, so I put the Bucks at number four, and I put Arizona back in my top five. I really like what I'm seeing from them. Now, obviously, they're a younger team. they got young quarterbacks, so they have had a lot of, you know, close wins like James, you mentioned earlier. But I believe uh, they can compete with just about anybody uh, in this list uh, and at least make it a game. So they are in my top five. Uh, Hugh, can you give me your top five? Yes, I can. Uh, my top team is still Pittsburgh. Um and again, I thought Ben not practicing at all and throwing uh, the ball the way he did shows exactly where he is and where he's coming. Uh, the Chiefs are number two at eight and one. Uh, Pittsburgh's nine and zero. Oh. New Orleans is seven and two. I know Drew is going to be out, but I still think they're a really good football team. I think Jameis Winston has a chance to show who he is coming up with a full week of practice. And uh, 
understanding the offensive scheme a little bit more. And he's got a chance to make a mark like Teddy Bridgewater did. So it's going to be interesting. I think he can. They just got to be smart with what they do with him. My fourth team is the Packers. Even though they didn't play as well against Jacksonville, I just know this is football, you know. And sometimes you don't get up for every team, but they won the game. They're seven and two. My six and three team and is the Baltimore Ravens of the fifth team. And I only say this for this reason, because I know defensively they have it. You know, offensively, they got to get back to doing it. Uh, Tampa Bay is right around there. Buffalo, the Cardinals, all those teams are right there. But Baltimore's defense is what's going to give them a chance to still be special. They just got to figure this thing out on offense again. So uh, I'm, that's my top five. Uh, what about you, James? I have the same five, uh, but number six, and, and I know it's just – I feel like I wish the Colts had to beat the Ravens so that I could put them at number five because I feel like the Colts are better than the Ravens. It's just uh, offensively – I feel like the Colts are more balanced than the Ravens, and I feel like they can win games a lot better, Like this, especially how they beat the Titans and things like that. But, you know, with Lamar Jackson, he's still a good athlete and still a good player, and their defense, like Hugh said. Um, so the Colts, for me, are number six. And then a toss-up right now between the Buccaneers and Miami. Miami's looking really good. Um, Tua, you know, 3-0 and start right now. Um, I, he, he beat the Chargers. I didn't think that was going to happen. Um, but – Miami's looking really good. They're creeping up on it. The defense is really good. I'm interested to see how they finish out the season. That uh, AFC um, with the Bills and the Packers and um, the Ravens, I mean, the Bills, the Packers, and um, the Dolphins, like it's it's getting very tight up there. I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see how, how those teams pan out. But, um, but yeah, I have the same top five as you. And uh, let's go to our top five college football teams. I don't really think anything changed, obviously. Uh, these teams, they kind of got mixed up. Number one, I mean, they well, their games got canceled, but number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Notre Dame. For me, and number four, it's Clemson. And I just got to say, speaking of, you know, we were talking about last week about Cincinnati and BYU. And I know, obviously, they might not, they might be more deserving than, let's say, Florida because Florida had a loss. Or let's say uh, a potential Big Ten team if Florida loses and Wisconsin, let's say, beats Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, something along that lines. But for me, the goal of the committee is to get the four best teams in there. And not I'm not saying they can't necessarily make it competitive, but I can't look at Cincinnati and if they're on the same field of Florida, I feel like Florida would be at least the 13-point favorite in that game. Uh, I just I, – I understand that it's, like, it's unfair – uh, but this is why something needs to be done. Obviously, not just because of COVID, but next year with the conferences play more out of conference games. I think it's gotten way too um, in conference. The conferences have gotten pretty lopsided as well. Something needs to be done so that we can see some more of these matchups during the regular season, or maybe like James mentioned, uh, an expansion. But I just don't think if if we're getting at the end of the season and we're looking at a two-loss Florida team and maybe an undefeated Cincinnati. That I would that I would want an undefeated Cincinnati and over a two-loss Florida team because I just feel like a Florida team after what I saw from Saturday they just look faster and look better. Um, but he, James, can you give me your top four? Um, I have Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. But if you look at like five through ten, what's it? Uh, two SEC schools. You got Texas A&M, Florida. Then you got Cincinnati, BYU. You got Indiana, Wisconsin. I feel like. You know, it's going to pan out because these teams will play each other. Now, Texas and A&M and Florida don't, but whoever, you know, wins that, whoever has to face Alabama, well, when Florida faces Alabama, if it works out that way, then that'll kind of decide that one. 
But um, it's interesting to see what happens, honestly, in the Big Ten, you know, with Wisconsin and Indiana. Indiana's just surprising everybody right now. I mean, they haven't really hit the strength of their schedule, so we'll see. We'll see how that pans out. But honestly, yeah, um, yeah, if if Cincinnati, like, could squeak by because these teams are going to beat up on each other, I mean, yeah, it, it was it would suck for them to be number five. But, yeah, they're not better than Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, and Alabama. So uh, we'll see. But it's just hopefully these teams can kind of let them let us let let them play it out so we don't have to, you know, have to do too much debating about this. What about you, Hugh? My top teams are Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. I think they're the top four. But the fifth team is Florida. Florida's right in there. It'd be interesting to watch them um, play one of these teams because right now, offensively, they're on fire. 